and we are live. And we are live. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Melanin Initiative. I am Geraldine Fleurimont and one of your co-hosts uh, for the Melanin Initiative podcast. I'm joined by Kimberly and Alicia. Um, in healthcare, there is often too much information and not enough time. Here at the Melanin Initiative, we avoid TMI by breaking things down into language that you can understand. We pervert, we create a safe space for you to ask your questions and share our nursing knowledge, our nursing perspective without taking too much of your time. So on today's episode, we'll be talking about primary care. So we'll be discussing what primary care is and what it uh, what its role is in the healthcare system. And we'll also discuss the different types of primary care providers that are out there, as well as um, we, we hope that you'll be able to understand the differences between preventative care and chronic disease management. And we also want to give tips or advice on how to choose a primary care provider. Alicia, please uh, give us Give the people our disclaimer. Of course. So as you know, this show is for educational purposes only. The opinions expressed are our opinions alone. They are not a representation of any of our affiliations. If you are experiencing a medical emergency, you should seek medical attention and medical guidance from your health care provider. If you're having a physical emergency, you can call 911. And if you're having a mental health emergency, you can call 988. So ladies... Why don't we start off by telling the people, what is primary care? We always talk about it. Yeah. Well, before we jump into primary care, it's our first time back, everyone. Season two. (laughs) We missed you all so much. You have seen us a little bit because we did the breast cancer special in October. But this is our first time all together. And I missed you, ladies. Missed you, too. We received so much support and really positive feedback and constructive criticism as well that we hope you'll be able to see is present in season two. We're continuing to grow. I think this is episode, we still haven't even produced 20 episodes yet. So we're still freshmen in the game, but um, we're, we're going to be sticking around for a long time. So I'm back in the DMV area. So now we're all local. As you can see, we're all in the same place. And we hope that that, you know, comes across in these episodes and you can feel the love. We're going to be doing events in the community and we'll keep you posted on when that happens. And so, before, yeah, before we get started, ladies, anything um, that you want to say about season one reflecting back? It was awesome. I think it... Uh... It challenged me in different ways to think and see how I could, you know, inspire others and provide knowledge to the community in a different way that um, I previously never thought about. So it was it was awesome to share um, the nursing perspective on different health topics and get those thoughts and ideas out there and um, encourage others to think about healthcare a different way. I agree. It was a great experience for me as well. This is not something that I've ever done before. Um, I'm like a little bit more shy and reserved. So this kind of helped in addition to like bring, uh, putting the uh, information out there. It also helped me kind of like open up and, and be less afraid <laughs> to publicly speak, I guess you could say. Yeah. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope, like you said, that we are here for a pretty long time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, so if any, if you want all three of us on your platform, just email us at tmi.melanin at gmail, and we'll be there either in person or virtually, depending on the logistics. Um, but yeah, thank you. I thank these ladies again. I commend them for their generosity, both in time and in energy, because like they said, they're not really, and I would 
maybe a little bit more than them into the social media platform in terms of like these tools and content creation. Um, But they've been super, super um, open-minded and patient and willing to give it all a try. And I appreciate them for that. I love them for that actually. So (laughs) okay. So let's talk about primary care. We talk about it all the time. We do. So what do we want? Where do we want to start? Well, I think we should start off by first discussing what it is exactly. Um, I, whenever I'm in my setting and I'll ask uh, a patient like, oh, do you have a PCP? And the acronyms can get a little, you know, um, like a little difficult for people to understand. So you always want to break. We like to break it down here at Mellon Initiative. So PCP, also known as primary care provider. Um, so that's where you go for your initial doctor's visits um, or your um, continuing management of your care. So when you enter into a primary care setting, if this is your first time with that provider, um, whether it's a doctor or a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant, um, they usually get a health history on you and family history, your personal health history, um, so your social history, all of it's very, very important um, so that they can help basically create a plan of care for you. Um, and usually with primary care doc or providers, I need to stop saying doctors because once again, nurse practitioners um, and physician assistant service primary care providers, um, they, like I said, get your health history. They also assess you. And from there, they determine what blood work needs to be done, if there needs to be any blood work done. And then if there's any medication that you need to be on or they need to manage your medication, that's essentially what they do. I think it's important to add to that your primary care provider is going to also specialize in preventative medicine mm-hmm. and to help ensure that you don't get any diseases mm-hmm. or um, they want to help keep you healthy before we have to start doing medical management. So keep you on the right track. They want to keep you from getting on medication. You know, my primary care provider always tells me, you're a nurse, so you know you should be eating healthier, you should be <laughs> exercising more, because I don't want to start you on that cholesterol medicine. Yeah. But if you don't, when I see you back here in six months, we're going to have to start you on a cholesterol pill. So a lot of it is preventative medicine, along with your annual physicals, and also getting vaccines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yes, a-, a very important topic. <laughs> a con- it's become a controversial topic, and one we're not going to get into today. <laughs> But actually, that's a very, you know, we need to talk about vaccines. So we're going to put that down. Yes. (laughs) And actually, right now, as we're filming, it is, it used to be cold and flu season. It's cold and flu and COVID season. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we'll have to do that maybe on a one topic at a time. Or maybe we'll get a vaccine nurse to come on here and kind of go through those and pricing and how to set that up. But yeah, when you mention um, those questions, like the family history and surgical history, so what so what Alicia said is they're trying to prevent you from getting on those prescriptions. So I consume a lot of content and a common theme and no matter what channel it is, no matter what the topic is, people, there's a, a, a general consensus that in healthcare, we just want to put people on medication mm-hmm. or we just want to slice them open. And primary care, all of, before you get to those specialists who do those things, primary care is trying to prevent you from getting there because it comes with its own risk, side effects, cost. Um, and like risk of infection, risk of death. And so before we get there, if we can prevent you from needing those medications or needing those procedures, if all it takes is you to go walking or to eat one less donut or 
whatever it is, go to sleep 30 minutes earlier to prevent these complications. That's what we want to do. And so the more you see primary care, the less you'll see the emergency department, the less you'll see that surgeries, surgical um, specialists. Mm-hmm. And speaking of specialists, your primary care provider is also kind of going to be that a middle ground for mm-hmm. when you have to go see specialists. Maybe you're having a heart issue and you want to go, you need to go see a cardiologist, which is the heart doctor. Um, and then maybe you're having some kidney issues. And then you have to go see a nephrologist, which is the kidney doctor. Your primary care provider is going to be the one to kind of bring it all together and keep that plan of care that Geraldine mentioned focused. So while the cardiologist will focus on their piece of it and the nephrologist will focus on their piece of it, the primary care provider is going to be the one to make sure all of the pieces of the puzzle are remaining together because you are still one whole person. We got to make sure that all of the pieces are coming together for you. So that's another uh, purpose of having a primary care provider to be, to have one voice to kind of help guide you along in your plan. Right. Yeah, that's an excellent point because those specialists only care about that organ, right? Mm-hmm. And the longer you practice in that specialty, the less you remember about the other specialties. And so if let's say, for instance, cardiology does want to put you on a medication, they might call your nephrologist to make sure it's safe, right? And so they still, you know, we, it's an, a, an initiative in healthcare. We're trying to improve how often we communicate, but that is like something that's supposed to be taking place. Right. And then as we're talking about these different um, special specialties and specialists, I do want to like make a point. I think I mentioned it a little earlier that there are different types of primary care providers. So people always think of a primary care provider as being a physician. But like I said before, you can have a nurse practitioner as a primary care provider. You can have a physician assistant. Um, there are um, um geriatricians that that um focus on the care of the older adult. Um, also you have family physicians that, uh, take care of like, it'll, it'll, you, your whole family can go there and they see, um, from newborns up until the geriatric age. And then you also have pediatricians, which are common, you know, those are the ones that see and, um, infants up until sometimes early twenties, um, depending on the provider. And then, um, those are the main, uh, main primary care providers that are really out there. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, that was good. Especially like your family care. A lot of people love it. You know, as soon as um, they start having children, they take them there. Mm-hmm. They get older, they have their own children. They mm-hmm. take them back. Mm-hmm. I've heard that so many times. Mm-hmm. They still know the person who um, was in help with, you know, during the labor. They're like, yeah, I still see that provider. And so, um, yeah, that's good. Did we, are we talking about dentists and all that right now, too? No, but that is a form. I think that's a form of primary care because um, dentists are all about preventative um medicine or preventative dental care <laughs> yeah they're really big on that yeah even your eye doctor yep. yeah absolutely. see yeah, with dentistry people don't I mean my mom admitted she hates going to the dentist <laughs> because people associate with pain yeah yeah but if you're doing what you're supposed to do brushing your teeth flossing, flossing every day mostly that pain is usually because you have some form of periodont- periodontal disease and so that's from lack of flossing so the more you floss you can get any brush you can get rid of all that sugar usually it sits there and Mm -hmm. helps bacteria grow and if you've seen your doc your dentist regularly which is every six months they can remove all the tartar buildup and you'll keep your teeth till you your whole life what about when you go to the eye doctor that's my favorite place to go i I just love the eye doctor the one thing i don't love the little poof they do oh yeah i don't like that I, I wear contacts and I can't see. So my favorite thing to do is supposed to be eye doctor. I love reading the little oh. letters on the thing. And, 
it's just validating like I'm, i can read oh I can, yeah i can see so sometimes when i think i can't see it confirms that I can. So I enjoy it. It's always a peaceful thing. I don't like the dentist, but the eye doctor's not too bad. <laughs> and they have those cool gadgets that I don't know what they do. Exactly. But they look cool. Like, can you do one or two? I'm like, the same. They look the same. I'll be silent. I'm like, I don't know. Same. So they should be like, one or two? One or two? So yeah, they check for glaucoma. <laughs> yeah. They'll talk to you about cataracts. I know right before I went back to grad school, um, she's like, well, if you're going to be doing all that reading, even though I typically wear glasses for distance, she's like, put them on. It'll decrease the stress on your eye. Mm-hmm. And she has the best glasses. She's so cute. And like, I just actually next time I go, I'm going to see if she has her own glasses line. But yeah, that's a great form of preventative care too. Right. And they can, yeah, they can help you out a lot because who, who doesn't want to see? Right. Well, so speaking of preventative care. As uh, my two health providers over here, um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about why, how important it is for you to acquire a health assessment on your patients. Mm. Um, I think it's very important because one, you assess the risk for disease. Um, you, when assessing the patient, um, you're listening to their heart, you're listening to their lungs. That's how, like, that piece is how you. That's your investigative piece. That's how you find out. What well, hopefully nothing's going on with the patient, but if there is, that's how you find out what's going on. And it kind of like uh, prompts you to say, okay, maybe we should check this, or maybe we should draw these labs to show or to find out if this is going on um, in the system. For example, um, a lot of patients uh, in primary care initially, like at like the first, as far as like a routine physical, we always include um, checking your cholesterol levels as well as your um A1C, if you have a risk for like diabetes, and even if you don't, if you have a family risk of diabetes, um, the hemoglobin A1C is a test that assess uh, or or helps us diagnose diabetes. And there's some people that may be pre-diabetic and we might not need to put them on medication, but it's just important to know those numbers because um, we can kind of like definitely help the patient um, will educate the patient on lifestyle modifications, such as healthier uh, eating habits, exercising daily, or um, just getting more exercise. Um, and then just to kind of lower their risk. And a lot of times with just making those minor lifestyle changes, they can significantly uh, decrease those uh, A1C numbers, as well as cholesterol. That's another big one. Um just cutting out like a little bit of like fast food or cutting back on um, saturated fats that are found in sugary, you know, sugary uh, pastries and, and cheeses and things like that. High fat dairy, it can significantly help decrease those numbers. Yeah, that's a great, it was a really great question, Alicia. So, you know, people typically come in with what we call the chief complaint. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a headache. So the most common things happen commonly, right? So when I get that information from you, which a lot of times patients are always hesitant to give because mm-hmm. they feel like they've either answered questions before the visit, so you should know the mm-hmm. answer, or you should have read the chart, so that should also give you the answer, right? Or just look at me and tell me what's wrong. But a headache, for instance, could be associated with a number of things. Absolutely. It could be dehydration, could be an aneurysm, could be brain cancer, could be um, cerebral spinal fluid leakage. Like it could be a lot of things. Maybe you just got high hit blood, in the head. High right. blood you pressure. know, and I don't have <laughs> blood pressure. It's a very common right? symptom with high blood pressure. And so before I, in order to get to that, I have to know like what happened before the, the pain actually came right. on. And so I know that's been the thing. I, a lot of patients will complain. They don't want to answer all those questions and they feel like it's a little too probing. But what we're actually taught in our training is that 
your diagnosis really comes from that those questions and answers. And really the physical that we perform, the looking you over, confirms what we have already kind of gotten to based on the questions that we've asked and the answers that you've provided. Mm-hmm. So when I saw my primary care provider, when I established a new one, one of the questions was, what's your family history? You know, we just spent all October talking about breast cancer. I told her about my, I had another primary care provider and I don't even know if she ever asked me about my mom's, my family history. Um, but the very first appointment she asked me, I told her about my mom and then she scheduled me a mammogram right there on the spot. And since then, she's continued to do that. And so that's where some of that information can lead to something that might not turn out to be anything at all, but at least she knows and she's aware and she can follow up and provide recommendations based on that. Perfect. So we talked a lot about preventative medicine, but we know that, you know, things happen in life and sometimes we end up, you know, acquiring a disease. So what does chronic disease management look like from the primary care provider standpoint? From that, from primary care provider standpoint with uh, chronic disease management, um, that's where you are on medication or on some type of regimen of something and your doctor or your provider is managing that medication. And sometimes it's very, very important. Like some people are oftentimes on like blood pressure medication or cholesterol medication and they're taking it, you know, every day but sometimes they don't follow up with their primary care provider um, and they're just taking the medication and taking the medication is so, so important to see your primary care provider so they can make sure that the medication one is working because sometimes they may need to increase your dose or sometimes they can even decrease your dose uh, specifically like for example, with blood pressure, blood pressure medication. Um, I'll see patients that are taking blood pressure medication and their blood pressure is a little bit on the lower side and their blood pressure medication dose might be too high. So at that point, I don't want, you know, with low blood pressure, it can make you dizzy. It can make you um, feel lightheaded. So we don't want falls. Exactly. And you put you at an increased risk for falls. So uh, by you coming to your primary care provider, we can like decrease that or or just kind of see how you're doing on it. Also with medication, I don't want to like scare anyone, but some of medications, medications are eliminated through your liver and your kidneys. And it's very, very important that you see your doc, uh, your provider either every six months or yearly so that they can make sure your kidney and liver function is in tip top shape so that make sure that the medication is not affecting that uh, those organs. Because if they are, they can either take you off that specific one and put you on something else that may be less, um, less st- stressful on those organs. Yeah. So when we talk about chronic disease, it's something that you're going to get diagnosed with and then you're going to have it for a long time, depending on what it is and your lifestyle management determines how long you're going to have it. So if it's just like an episode of diarrhea or headache, that's going to go away. But if it's something like asthma, high blood pressure, COPD, diabetes, you're going to have that longer than say one or three months. Mm -hmm. So then it enters the chronic disease realm. And so unlike coming back once a year for a physical, I might want you to come back in four weeks to check this dose, like a blood test or a urine sample, or I might want you to come back every three months so we can check your blood work and see if your liver and kidney are functioning. And if you've made enough changes to decrease doses and medications, or maybe we need to increase it or send you to a specialist because what I'm able to do here in primary care isn't enough and you need to go to someone else who can do more. So all those are great points, but the question of the hour is, well, what do I do if I don't have a primary care provider? How do I get one? That's a great, great question. I feel like um, that's oftentimes what people struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. definitely made it a lot harder because a lot of um, 
providers left the profession altogether. So there's just a, a lower number of primary care providers, unfortunately, but I don't want you to lose hope. You can um, always go like there's different ways that you can uh, look for a primary care provider. One, Google, <laughs> see what's mm-hmm. in your area. The internet is exactly helpful. always mm-hmm. Google. And it's a, also a great place because a lot of people leave reviews. Mm-hmm. And um, I know some people don't like to look at reviews, but I think it's very important because it gives you a, a um, perspective on um that provider's uh, practice. Um, uh, and another thing that you can also do is through, like if you, if you have health insurance, you can contact your health insurance and see what uh, primary care providers are in um, your insurance in network. network. Mm-hmm. So, and that's very, very important because that can help as far as cost is mm-hmm. concerned. Um, obviously, if you have insurance, you don't want to pay a whole bunch of extra money to see your primary care provider when you can get one that will be either um, a, a cheaper a cheaper route. Um, also, things that you can do, recommendations from um, friends from family members. Um, I think that's also a very uh, good way to go about it because at least, you know, like you trust this friend or their, their, you know, their perspective on that, uh, provider. Um, and they have a report with that report with that provider. So, um, it's, that's one of the ways that I would say, or a few ways that I would say you can obtain a primary care provider. The yeah. thing that I have is from, um, one of the co-workers that we share. <laughs> she told me about her dentist and I was like, okay, I'll give him a try. And I've seen him ever since. So, oh, him. Oh. Yes. I go to Sandra's old, I don't think she goes to her anymore, but Sandra oh, yeah, well, introduced yeah. me to mine. Oh, yeah, oh, and I love her. She went to Howard. Ooh, thank you. And she's from, and she's from Jamaica. <laughs> Maybe I'll put her information in the, in the description box, actually. If you, if you go there, tell her I sent you. Yeah, I wish there was a, I need to tell her about a friend. I'm always talking to her about business. I need to tell her about a friend and family discount, right? <laughs> but yeah, in terms of content, I know my mom likes to call companies, but for those of us who prefer to look things up on the web, um, like for instance, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield, you can go on their website. Mm-hmm. You can put in the specialty that you're interested in. And a lot of times, you know, I like providers of color and sometimes I, most of all my providers are female by choice. And so I like to see their picture. So even if they don't show their picture on that particular website, you can Google them mm-hmm. and you can see their picture that way. And sometimes you'll see articles, maybe they've been highlighted in a news. So you get to more rapport mm-hmm. and depending on the specialty, like in dermatology, they're on social media, they're taking videos, they're showing you what they do, the kind of patients they see. And that may or may not make you feel more comfortable going. And the in-network, that just means it's going to cost less. The other reason we always push you to primary care is because if you are using insurance and you are sticking with your annual physicals, it's usually covered by insurance, right. meaning you don't have to come out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So we're, all, we're always trying to help you save money and time. And another factor, too, with uh, choosing a primary care provider, it's important that you contact the primary. Not everyone is accepting new patients. Mm-hmm. So it's always important to call that office and ask if they're accepting new patients. And then also make sure if you're not uh, make sure that they're accepting your insurance. Right. You also want to make sure it's in a convenient location. Yes, for you. Absolutely. So if you have to drive too far, you're probably not going to go. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be convenient. So just make sure it's a good space for you. And then just make sure that you and your primary care, primary care provider are compatible. Yeah. So make sure they're a good fit for you. So as Kimberly stated, you know, she's comfortable with women of color as her providers. It's not to say that a, maybe a, a male non-color provider wouldn't be efficient, but that's just what she's will Perfect. find compatible with her. Yeah. Right. So just do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Because at the end of the day, these are people that are really guiding and uh, assisting you with your health care and health as well. You only have one body, so you got to take care of it. Yep. All right. So take us on home, Kimberly. 
Okay, when we talk about our favorite topic outside of health literacy is primary care. We talked about what primary care is and what it's not. The different kind of people you can see to take care of primary care, which includes everything from your physical body to your oral health, eye health, and and different age groups Mm -hmm. from pediatrics to geriatrics, which is for older adult care. We talked about the difference between preventative care which includes lifestyle management, exercise, diet, sleep, stress management, as well as chronic disease. Those things you hear about all the time that everyone wants to avoid. Diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, periodontal disease, Mm -hmm. gingivitis. And we talked about how you can find one, which will include all those resources in the description box. Well, ladies, does that wrap it up for episode one of season two of the Melanin Initiative podcast? Let me give a few closing words. You can email us your questions or show ideas at tmi.melanin at gmail. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Please share the show with your friends, rate the Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and leave a comment. It really helps the show get more support and get the message out to those that need it. You can find our social media links and lists of resources related to our conversation today in the description box. We release a new show weekly on TMI Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on YouTube and all your favorite podcast apps. Follow, like, and share our content with all your friends. And thank you for watching. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we didn't give you too much information. Join us next Tuesday at 10 for a new episode of the Melanin Initiative.